Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, hello, Dirtfish Rally friends, and welcome to our post-Rally Sweden Spin the Rally pod. Now... It's me, Colin Clark. I'm back again with you. And we have David Evans with us. Good morning, David. Good morning, Colin. You followed everything very closely, I'm sure, on Rally Sweden. I have. I can't tell you how much I missed not being there. Uh, But we had a bit of a special project, uh, which we're still working on, uh, which meant very late I had to change plans and couldn't go. Uh, But, yeah, it it looked like a, a, a proper Rally Sweden uh, and yes, I, I followed it. Please don't ask too many technical or difficult or or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or very detailed <laughs> questions, just because you might expose a, a big hole in my in my knowledge from the lap work in the last three days. But yeah, broadly speaking, Elvin Evans won, uh, and that's all we need to know, I think, isn't it? As predicted by me. Yeah, as predicted by you, David. <laughs> we, we very much missed you. But listen, we have, folks. We have a very, very. Very, very uber special guest with us on Spin the Rally Pod this morning. May I say an extremely warm welcome to the legend that is Andrea Adamo. Andrea Adamo, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, good morning. It's quite an early call for a retired man like I am, but uh, you know, for you, I can do this. So I try to wake up a bit earlier than what I'm now used to. Oh, it's very kind of you, Andrea. Really, listen. Uh, just before we go into Sweden, how are you, Andrea? And what are you up to? A lot of people in the service park, a lot of people in the world of rallying, particularly rally fans, are missing your fizzing, effervescent presence in the service park. What are you up to these days? Can you tell us? I'm uh, I'm quite good now. You know, sometimes in life uh, uh, you cannot manage everything, but. Uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm okay now. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if really people is missing me honestly, but uh, uh, I, I permit myself to use uh, your space now. If you allow me a few seconds to say thank you to all the people who send me so many messages. Uh, honestly, I thought that I would be easily forgot after a few months, but uh, still recently I have people sending me messages uh, through social media. And it's something that really embarrassed me, honestly, because, uh, you know, I did it for my passion and uh, I always did it for 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 working. I did, never did it just to appear. And it's something that impressed me. So how many people uh, send me messages and how many friends are, I still have in the in the service park, let me say. So, so far, I had no opportunity to come back to see any event and maybe in the future I will do. And uh, that's it. But uh, I, I have to say to you, the, the retired people 
life is not so bad. I go to see some uh, road work in the morning, uh, these kind of things. Uh, <laughs> I improve my cooking. Uh, so let me say I keep myself busy. Good man. Andrea, listen, you, you, you created an absolute impact in the service park and you are genuinely missed. I'll tell you now, genuinely missed. Anyway, uh, let, let's move on. Let's move on. We will just make the most of having Andrea with us this morning to discuss Rally Sweden. Uh, what do we start with, David Evans? I guess we've got to start with Cali Rovenpera. Uh, you know, two things I'd like us to talk about. Uh, one is his performance and the other is his remarkable statement that he made at the stop line. Um, I, I'm hoping you boys both heard that. It, 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 was, it was emotional, it was heartfelt, it was honest, uh, and it was incredible. But let's start with his performance, David. The kid doesn't seem to feel any pressure, does he? Did we expect this win? I suppose in some ways we did. Well, in fairness, Carl, we expected this win in, in Arctic last year, didn't we? Uh, if, if, if we're honest, you know, here's, a, here's a, a lad who, I know we keep going back to this, but he's grown up on a frozen lake in a Toyota Starlet, hasn't he? From eight years old, um, you know, and you can make too much of that kind of thing. But equally, it does still mean a huge amount because he, at such uh, a young age, he was kind of forming his, his ability to drive and understanding the way that snow can change and blah, 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 and the, and the conditions and the grip and everything can change. For me, you know, he... Almost, maybe snow is is more of a natural habitat for him than than actually in Rally Finland. Uh, so it was it was no surprise. I think you know the big surprise really came uh, from from where he was running on the road uh, on Friday, and for sure, you know what he did on Friday afternoon in the ruts um, w was the sort of foundation for this result. Uh, very very strong strong performance there, and once he got into Saturday. He, he was able to make some time and then obviously Alvin's issue on, on with the with the penalty on Saturday night and then the off on the Sunday morning. You know, I I'm not sure that even if the gap was was much smaller, I I personally feel that Calais had this one. Uh he had it under control. I, I think he controlled it all the way. I, yeah. I, and as you say, I think you're absolutely right. I mean the, the pivotal points, the pivotal stages uh, were, were four, five and six, which were the afternoon second passes when he was first on the road. And you look at the yeah. amount of time he lost in stage four and he fought back and got all that back brilliantly. It was, uh, he, never, he never panicked, he never stressed. He just, okay, he had a few choice words at the end of stage four, which is a little unusual for Robin Perra. Uh, but for me, his real strength is his ability to uh, keep everything in, to keep calm, to keep focused and, and know exactly what he's got to do. Andrea, what did you make of Cali's performance? Is Cali a driver that you ever had the opportunity maybe to talk to as a potential high Hyundai driver in your time? No, honestly, no, because I think it was uh, planned from longer for him to go to Toyo. And uh, properly they did, uh, by the way. And uh, I have to say, it's, um, it's been impressive there. I didn't follow deeply the rally, but I follow. Uh, a bit here and there, and uh, from uh, what I can uh, say and uh, from what I've seen, I think uh, the the driver who did uh, less mistakes, the driver who managed better the tires, and the driver who has been cooler from during all the event has won. So I think the one who deserve uh, the most this win, because uh, really I've been impressed, uh, as you mentioned before. The way he managed, he managed Friday afternoon, 
because uh, being in front of everyone uh, was really a big disadvantage, but he never cried out it. Uh, it was just uh, taking the best out of what he got uh, and uh, the day after was able to catch up fast. So honestly, he managed the event. Uh, may, may I stretch something too much uh, Auger way? Because I think uh, he did a uh, uh, young Auger in the way he managed his event. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'd agree with that. I disagree with that because Ogier never managed Sweden as well as Robin Perra managed Sweden. He never did. But, he never managed. But that was, the deal. but that was a very simple reason, Cole, because he'd always managed Monte Carlo before. Ah, yeah, but I, I suppose yeah, yeah. No, you're no, quite no, right. They were both exactly first on the road. It's, it's both yeah. first on the road. Exactly yeah. the same situation. We still yeah. had the historics running on day one and day two that he had to deal with, and and Ogier never ever got to grips with that and he hated it he, no, but he did I, win three I, times. I don't mean as Sweden as a Sweden I mean uh, in the way he was managing rally yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. Sweden not yeah. as we but, but uh, listen one, the other thing go on David what sorry mate what one interesting thing that I would like to to ask Andrea who is as we know a great historian of our sport um what what do we see for Calais how good will Calais become is he going to be a, a Kankan and a four-time world champion is he the next big, big, big fin? You know, make me a future teller, I will make you a king. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we've missed in the service part. These wonderful statements. I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> no, uh, you know, really, it's difficult to say, but he's um, really young and. Uh, despite his age, he has done already something incredible. Let, let me say one thing. I think he has to manage a bit the pressure he got. Because, for example, as you rightly said before, uh, last year I would expect him to dominate in Finland, and mm. instead uh, he didn't. So I think that uh, sometimes uh, he's very young and uh, he, he, manage, uh, he has some issue to manage pressure. But, uh, hey, come on, when I was 21 years old, I was much worse than him. So yeah. I cannot think of pointing. But I think uh, for sure he can... Uh, he can become one uh, iconic uh, rally driver in the future. Uh, he has everything he, he needs. He has a team that uh, invested money on him. He has a people that surround him, that uh, is speaking his own language. And for sure, he can um, feel himself at home and supported. Uh, he has uh, everything is needed to, 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 to become one of the top ones. Andrea, is that in some ways a little bit of a concern? Because, you know, we've had 10 years of Loeb domination, 10 years of Ogier domination. There is every chance we're going to get 10 years or more of Rob and Perra domination. That, that's not ideal for the sport, is it? You know, we want to see different drivers winning the title. Are there negatives in that, do you think? Uh, I hope it will not uh, it will not be like that because I totally agree with you. We don't need one domination out of there. And uh, let me say also one thing and don't get me wrong. I also hope we will not have uh, some uh, domination because there is one car much better than the other. No, so yeah. uh, I hope uh, we are going to have uh, nice battles. I permit myself to say that uh, on the other end. We have only Oliver that is as young or in the same range of uh, Rovampera. And I don't see young drivers uh, coming uh, at the same level of these two. 
honestly, sorry to say. Mm. So maybe we will find something like this because uh, mm, we have also not have big alternatives. I hope for more can uh, can do something if uh, he remove the big uh, monkey he has now on his uh, shoulders. Yeah, very true. Uh, listen, gents, just before we move on from Robin Perra, uh, your thoughts on, on his statement. I'll read it out to you. And I'll put some context around it. At the stop line, he didn't get on top of the car. He didn't celebrate. And he said, it doesn't feel great to celebrate too much. It's been a really difficult weekend for people in Ukraine. And I wish them strength and hope. It's all I can do at this moment. You know, I'd asked the question around the service park and people were shying away from it, including, I'd have to say, team management. And it took a 21-year-old to show us what we should all be doing and, and, and to show us the way forward. I, I thought those, for, for, for a, practically a child, those were remarkable words, and it showed remarkable statesmanlike behaviour from Robin Perra. Uh, what what this, did you, you boys think? This, this is the way he is, though, Carl, isn't it? You know, he, you talk to his father, and, and Harry says, you know, he's a 21-year-old already well into his 30s. You know, he has such maturity, uh, and we've seen it from... From when he was when he was trying to pass his driving test at, at what was it seventeen or something, he he has got a very very old head uh, on on young shoulders, um, and he's lived in this sport and he understands. He's worked with a manufacturer, he worked with Skoda before. He you know he completely understands uh, the the way of working, uh, as you say, in a sort of statesmanlike and and a, quite a corporate way, if you like. But what I think as well is that. The way that we the, the way that we see that the the war in in Ukraine right now, it, you know, the modern world. So much of the news is coming through social media, isn't it? It's it's a medium that that younger people, you know, my children, the same as your children, I'm sure, Cole, come in in the mornings and they're telling me what's happened because they've seen mm. it on TikTok. They've seen, and and he's clearly, you know, he's he's keeping well abreast of what's going on, but just. It is quite humbling, isn't it? Like you say, that other people that you would expect to be able to make statements in the service park and understand the gravity of the situation and understand that there is a wider world outside of this sport uh, and this bubble that, that that we live in that needs to be appreciated. It needs to be. It does need to be commented on. You know, we can't live in isolation. Uh, and I think it was it was magnificent um, and and just good on him for for actually getting up there and saying it. Absolutely. absolutely. May I say one thing? Uh, yes, absolutely. This, uh, this statement opened my heart because it's showing that the new generations are much better than our generation. Because if uh, a guy like him has to make a statement, it's a big lesson to all the people there that say nothing. And right. means that they are much better than what we are. And uh, so there is a big future for the world if the young generation are like this. As you say, they... I'm seeing young people much more move, touch, and following what is happening than, uh, let me say, old people as I am, for example, because I have time to do it. But I, I don't know. It's like uh, we are escaping from these, like we are scared, or we don't want to to, to see. While young generation are much uh, more touch from him. If you see people uh, uh, showing against, it's uh, much uh, younger people than what we are. Let's let's yeah. stop there, Carl. <clears throat> let's. Let's take this one back. Let's transport ourselves back in time. And imagine we were in the same scenario uh, on a rally last year 
and Andrea is still wearing that blue coat. And what? <laughs> let's have your question and his answer right now, mate. My question to the yes. team boss. Yes. Yeah, my question to you, Andrea, would have been, you know, we're, we're in Sweden, uh, we're enjoying a wonderful battle, but it's very difficult to focus on this wonderful battle when things of such gravity are taking place not far away from us in Ukraine. Do you have any thoughts on that situation and the potential impact for, for our sport? Mamma mia, this is one of the most difficult questions you ever made to me, especially because uh, you do not allow me to answer with a simple yes and no. So yeah. <laughs> finally, you got so, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So y y you were waiting at such a moment uh, from a retired man. Let, let me say, I'm always try to oversee the whole picture and uh, to see the whole picture. And honestly, uh, I think. Uh, it would be quite a stupid to make big part in this moment. I think that everyone in the sport or everyone who has a, a bit of visibility has a, the moral uh, obligation to do something because uh, we are uh, living in a bubble. We are lucky to live in the world that uh, we love to and it is uh, our passion. And we cannot underestimate the impact that we have on people. If I can say back, I'm amazed by the number of people that were sending to me messages, etc., etc. This is a, an audience that uh, you cannot discard and uh, that uh, you can really have uh, to use uh, the, the, the visibility that we have to always give uh, good messages to people. Good messages, sometimes people could complain to me that I was tough, but uh, the message for me has always been to be focused 100% on what you are doing and always do it seriously. And to try to do motorsport in this moment, uh, it's a very um, difficult, or you have to use at least the possibility that you have to, to pass messages that are good messages to everyone. And, uh, for example, Formula One has done it uh, in the past, and I think they did in a good way. And really, never, ever, no one did nothing at all to give messages to the audience. I think really, somehow, it's a bit more isolated, and it's not good. So, hat on to Rovan Pera. And again, if a younger man like he is has to say that, and no one else has done, is a big lesson to everyone, and everyone has to ask himself questions. So... I don't know what I would have done. It's easy now to say uh, the day after with much less pressure on my shoulder, ah, you should have done this and that. I always hated the morning, uh, the Monday morning engineers, team manager, etc., etc. But uh, from uh, this point of view, I think that uh, we have to use the tools that we have uh, to, to, to give good messages. Uh, and uh, that's it. Honestly, I still have on my skin uh, the, the, the scarf of COVID and all what has been in terms of management, Mexico, etc., etc. And we don't know what it can what it can happen in the next days due to this war, and we cannot pass over or pretend to ignore what is going on. Yeah, uh, and uh, honestly, honestly, Andrea, that is why the service park misses you. Um, yes. Genuinely, genuinely, that it, it, it touches me what you say. It, it really does, and you have a way of getting through to people with your eloquence and your honesty. And I heard none of that in the service park at the weekend. None of it. None what of about it. From, from drivers, Colin? I mean, we've, we've seen, obviously, through through the Barcelona testing in Formula 1, Sebastian Vettel made a very strong statement earlier, and other drivers followed him. 
Was there much buying from, from the drivers? Not a sausage, David. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I tried uh, and was warned off. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's disappointing. And as Andrea said, it's disappointing because actually, you look back, uh, we've got a little bit of a history of ignoring issues that have been uh, making headlines around the world that people have been buying into and supporting. And we've got a bit of a history of ignoring them. Um, yeah, no, nothing, David, nothing. And, 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 and I get that. I get that with, 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 with the drivers. You know, the only thing we had was Robin Perra mm. uh, speaking out. Um, so I, I don't I, know. I don't know. There I, was, there was, there was... I, I suppose it is different. Sorry, isn't it? Because, you know, Barcelona, it was a test. Uh, this, you know, would you have got the same response if you'd asked on the Sunday of a Grand Prix in the intensity of the of the competition? I think from people like Vettel, he probably would have done, mm. um, but but maybe not from maybe from the not. younger guys. I don't, I don't. I know. don't know. But but I I, I think that the, the point that Andrea makes is, is is absolutely bang on. It is the younger generation that you know mm. that are growing up in a world which they see as a bright world, a bright new world, a peaceful world. A world where you can go where you want to go and do whatever your ambitions allow you to do. And, and uh, a world call where they're not afraid. This, well, they're, you know, not afraid. they're not afraid. Absolutely not afraid. Because but, you but know, the world is a much smaller place for them now, isn't it? And, and, and they understand that they have a voice and that their voice is an influential voice. Uh, you know, someone like Cali with the following he's got. They understand. Uh, mm. and, 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 and it was, for me, listen, we've yeah. talked about this enough, but it did, it, did, it did upset me a little bit over the weekend, I'd have to say, because... You know, David, we we'd taken an editorial view that we would try and 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 get some views, uh, yeah. and it was it was. I spoke to other journalists around the service park. They weren't prepared to ask the questions. I asked the questions and firmly got rebutted for them. Um, and it, yeah. it was it was just disappointing. It was just disappointing. I, I'd have I, to say. Sorry. Can I make? Can I say one more thing? Mm. The one person who gave an eloquent response to the question, who wasn't afraid to give a response, was actually Andrea. It was Julian Monse. Um, he, he was prepared to, to uh, voice his view on it, but he was the only other one. Everyone else shied away from it. But it, Julian is a nice guy and a sensitive guy, and uh, I really feel for him. We started, uh, we had a tough moment uh, in, uh, in 2016, and we grew up a bit together there. He, he was already up, not get me wrong in the first days of R5 and uh, I respect him a lot and uh, I know he's a sensitive guy so I, I'm not surprised at all to hear this. But just, just hey, before we do... Let's move on, let's move on do, David what, from that, I think. Well, just, sorry mate, just before we do move on, mm. uh, I am just rifling through emails uh, because while there wasn't a huge response from, uh, from our WRC service park, there was a great response, uh, and you will be able to read this uh, on on dirtfish.com shortly. Uh, and if you just talk amongst yourselves briefly. So Alistair Lindsay, uh, one of our great writers, uh, mm. wrote a story, uh, which let me just write Yeah, I think Have I've got seen? that. Yeah, yeah from, from Look and Yuk. Look and Yuk, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I've now found it. So... Uh, I want to just very, I would just read just a couple of his quotes. And you know, incredible, incredible quotes from this, from this guy. Obviously, a, a Russian driver, um, Evgen, uh, sorry. Uh, hang on a sec. Uh, yeah, I've got it, yeah. So, from Alexei Lukinyuk, uh, one of our premier, really, Russian rally drivers. Uh, Alistair obviously asked him the question, what do you think? Um, and what would you do? Uh, 
And so here we go. Uh, it's quite complicated to describe our situation and our feelings. Everyone I know is not supporting this shit. Uh, excuse Alexi's language there. Uh, absolutely terrible feeling. Um, we cannot entertain ourselves and others in this situation when people are dying. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot more, including, you know, the fact that um, during the annexation of Crimea in, in 2014, he ran uh, both Russian and Ukrainian flags on the car. You know, there is surely an ambassador for our sport. Uh, and this oh. is, again, you know, another reason that, you know, one thing that we have to be very careful of, we have to recognize, and we will move on from this right now, but this is, you know, this is not all of Russia. You know, there are some beautiful, beautiful people, some incredible rally fans in, in Russia. Um, and it, it's it's an incredibly difficult time for them as well. It really is. And David, the one thing that, that you didn't quite get to on that note was that uh, Lukanyuk has voluntarily withdrawn from all rallying until the situation is resolved. Uh, yes. Which I, I just, just you know what, I, I had mixed feelings about Lukanyuk before that. I read that last not night now. and thought, <laughs> not now, not now, 100% not now. Uh, what a stance to take. What a brave stance to take. As a high-profile Russian athlete, what yeah. a brave stance to take. Uh, yeah. Fair play to you, Alexei. Uh, you will have all my support in whatever you choose to do going forward. Uh, now, let's move on. Let's move on, gentlemen. Um, here we've talked a lot about, clearly, the brilliance of Kali Rovenpera. What about Elvin Evans? You know, for me, we're looking at... Uh, already a two-way tussle potentially for the title this year. The Toyotas look really, really good. Um, you know, Evans' real title aspirations. Monte was a disaster. Okay, he picked up four points in the power stage. This was even more of a disaster. Do we think it's just, you know, it's just one of those rallying things? Or do we think maybe changing circumstances, changing expectations, added pressure, it's got to him? But primarily, was was his problem? It was more of a, a hybrid-related issue. That, no, that no, 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 no. Let's not, let's not, let's not put. You, there are issues with the hybrid, David, but we'll not go to, go down that line because he, you know, he put the car off. <laughs> he put the car off, damaged the car. He had to stop and repair the car. He was out of the points. He may have may have made it through to the final stage. He was, was out of the points. The, but that was after the hybrid problem. Well, he, so he, he had a, maybe a boost problem, yeah, going into the final stage. But, but you know, but Rob and Perra drove the whole day without, without boost. Okay. Um, and we've seen that. Okay, you know, but he, yeah. But, then, but, so, then, so the then reason I he I... retired, let's just get this straight. The reason he retired, he, his car was still drivable. The reason he retired was that there were no lights on his car. There was neither a green light nor a red light. And in those circumstances, you cannot drive the car. Um, okay. So, yeah, ultimately it came down to the hybrid. But... Um, you know, what caused that situation was, was the big spin and the impact of the snowbank. So, so now we need to decide, you know, is this a, a storm in a teacup, a two rally storm in a teacup for Alvin, or, or is it a, a wider issue? For me, we, ca we can't go from talking about Elvin Evans in the last two years as a championship protagonist, finishing second behind Sebastian Auger for the last two years, talking about his the strength of his character, the maturity that he's shown, how everything's changed since he's moved from MSWAT. We can't ditch all of that in two rallies just no. because he now leads, potentially leads a team, jointly leads a team, uh, and has his best best ever shot at a championship. It, it would be churlish to do that after two events. Uh, Monty, he was too quick through a right-hander. Uh, fine, he put the car off, he put the car off again here. 
I suspect he won't be putting the car off in Croatia. You know, that's for me. Is Now it's a real test. Um, you know, Elvin said all through his career, when he's had one accident on one rally, he's always just wound himself back in a little bit on the next rally because he really, really doesn't like to go off twice uh, in consecutive events. He's done that now. I don't think he'll do it on a third one. Um, I think that everything that we've said, you know, you talk to him, you look at him uh, after what happened in, in Sweden. He's he's grown up. You know, he, he's got a good set of shoulders on him now. He can take this. I think he will bounce back. My question now is whether he can bounce back high enough and hard enough to actually challenge Robin Pera because Robin Pera clearly is now in the ascendancy. Um, and it's, you know, they, they, they started the season absolutely on the level. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of points and everything, Calais is ahead of him now, well ahead of him. Uh, and it is a bit of a mountain to climb. Um, but for sure, Calais won't go through the season without some issues. Um, it, you know, it's the way that we, we, we roll in a mechanical sport. Um, for me, Elvin's got the tools in, in terms of the maturity and the experience. Now we need to see, has he got the raw speed? Mm. What do you think about that, Andrea? Let's start from these. Evans would have been uh, our choice uh, if uh, Oit would not have signed in 2018. It's an exclusive. And uh, <laughs> on the other end, I would uh, say, don't get me wrong, is the guy of the missed opportunities. Because uh, in these years, I saw him uh, miss so many opportunities uh, that uh, has uh, impressed me a bit. Mm, he can uh, do amazing rallies where he's uh, definitely untouchable, untouchable. And then uh, there are things that uh, are happening that I question myself uh, why. Um, there are many rallies still to come. We have seen in Sweden that there are variables and there is one variable that I hope will not come back again. But uh, this hybrid thing can be a big uh, casino joker and uh, it's something that can create unexpected issues that I hope they will solve soon. But uh, there are so many rallies to come and I would not be surprised to see the situation upside down. No? So there are many, many times in rally histories where drivers that were back in the standing that become world champion, not to name the last, uh, I would say, Burns or uh, Solberg that uh, due to the certain occasions they stand up in the end but uh, I hope it does not feel himself too much under pressure no because uh, I think that at the end of the year the, the one who will uh, manage better uh, will be the winner because uh, let me say everyone was saying that uh, someone like uh, Auger uh, was uh, Winning everything, but uh, let me say this uh, in the other way around. To be beaten by Auger was a relieving pressure on everyone, because they could say, hey, I've been beaten by Auger. Now Auger is no more there. <laughs> so you have no excuses. So it's uh, that there is a nice sentence no, that um, I read on a book and said, uh, if uh, you wake up in the morning and you do not see the sun, 
either the sign that the sun is gone or you are the sun now and that to be the sun right. is not easy sometimes eh? and uh, now you have to shine to shine and yeah. you have to have the strength to shine and not to hide yourself in someone else uh, don't get me wrong eh? i don't want to say this but I, i hope you get the message now there is no more auger and uh, you are the one who have to bring results you know uh, you And and then for everyone out there, everyone out there could be complicated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's time to step up. It's time to step mm. up. What Elvin's very, very good at though is taking it rally by rally and and compartmentalizing things. He has and to. He, he has to now. Everyone. He, but has he to. knows. He knows that his job is very, very simple. He has to finish ahead of Rovin Perra, score more points than Rovin Perra. And even if that's just a handful of points each rally, he will be there at the end of the season. He knows what he has to do. And uh, just... the, the simple job is the mine that I have to check uh, some roadworks in the morning to go in a rally <laughs> and say it's simple. I have to stay in front of Rovan Vera. Mm, much easier to say than well, to uh, trust me. No, no, no. I, I, I know that. I, I absolutely know that. But, but you know, in terms of the approach, that's what it has to be. It's not. It's not as simple as saying it clearly. Um, but that has to be the approach, you know. He, he knows what he's got to do. So, as you rightly say, mm. he needs to step up and show us he can do it now. Um, yeah, I think I think we're, we're 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 it's way too early to write him off. Uh, but Andrea, before we let's not talk about all the drivers, but we just have to very briefly say Lappi had a great event. Takamoto Katsuta had the event that he needed to bring back a little bit of confidence. Let's move on to Hyundai and and let's talk in particular about something you touched on there, the hybrid units. It completely baffles me that there is no regulation in place to allow for uh, compensating a driver for a faulty hybrid unit. You know, now we, we don't know the full circumstances of Tanak's situation, but it does appear that there was something wrong with that unit. And it, and it wasn't as if Tanak had smashed the car into a snowbank and, and rolled the car and done damage to the hybrid unit. None of those things. It was. It looks as if it was a faulty unit, and that seemed to be established quite early on, on uh, Friday evening. Now you know Tanak is practically leading the rally. He's on a charge. He's a second, one point two behind. Um, you're the leader. Why can we not have a regulation that says, in those circumstances, notional time, allow the driver to restart the next day? Why can't we? And that to me makes absolutely perfect sense. <laughs> Why? Because it's not written. Why? Because uh, has been a bit overestimated, in my opinion, the reliability of this system that anyhow last year was already showing clear weak points. And uh, now I'm in a position to say as it is, and has uh, been a mistake to not consider a different kind of super rally for people affected by hybrid system issues. The system... Uh, is a common system imposed by FIA in agreement with the manufacturer, of course, but in agreement means that, you know, we could not have said in those days, no, pick another one. We agreed that this one was on paper the best one, but there were clear signs that uh, some jobs were still needed. And so I think we should have, uh, I say we, we should have pushed more to have uh, a different kind of sporting rules for people affected by it. It's not easy, eh? it's not easy because uh, it's difficult also to to say which kind of penalty you can give to a driver. For sure, in my opinion, it's a fair, it's unfair to consider a retirement due to an hybrid kit problem the same as uh, 
the re retirement due to a car problem or to a driver mistake. That is a totally unfair. Uh, now it's also a matter of, uh, you, you know something that I have to say. I hope that the new FIA wave can allow people to react in a smarter way and understand and fast react from uh, lessons like the Tanak uh, one in Sweden. So I hope some special procedure, like uh, we have the e-vote and everything to do something that uh, avoid this problem in the future. Because uh, now we have the Tanak having a big problem because when you retire a car, trust me, it's a big problem for a manufacturer. And that's it. Image what may happen if uh, we will have at the end of the year a driver that will lose the championship for a problem like this. We had the, the, the Formula One Abu Dhabi issue. Image what may happen if at uh, two stages from the end a driver will have to, we, we will have to retire, lose the championship due to an hybrid kit problem. I hope not, but someone has to say what will happen. Yeah, yeah. I, you know that, that's that's a possibility, and it's it's something. I remember Andrea when you organised that wonderful simulated test in Italy last year, uh, and, and and everyone learned an awful lot from us media to you as a team, uh, and in particular, I think rally organisers and the FIA learned an awful lot. But I remember you saying to me, Colin, look, you know, there are so many unknowns that the regulations will have to adapt as we go through the year made perfect sense to me i put that question to maton who was obviously head of rallying at the fi at the time and he looked bewildered and he shook his head and he said no regulations are regulations and they'll stay as they are um how short-sighted was that david enormously short-sighted Col. and it it can't i can appreciate from the top of the season why we need this kind of broad brushstroke of, of if the light goes red you stop um, because at, at the moment we're still dealing with a system that really is is relatively unknown in, in rally conditions so you can understand why they wrote that regulation but already it's been unpicked and we need we absolutely need the ability uh, to look on a case-by-case -case basis um, and you know you can appreciate that Tanek would be enormously upset um, and, you know, I think one question to, to Andre, you know, the letter of the law is there, but if you'd been in charge of Hyundai on Friday, what, what would you have done? You know, could you, could you go and bang on the door? Could it's you do a, anything? It's a too easy for me to say something. You have to be there in this moment to know the whole situation. I'm not the one who Monday morning will teach people yeah. what they should have done on Friday. I know my people. I know that if they would have uh, the possibility, they could have done something. So... I'm not the one here. I hated the people <laughs> that on Monday morning teach You're not gonna to someone else and I not become uh, the kind of people. I am okay. already at difficulties to say to the workers how to make a better work job, uh, street job, uh, things like this. I'm busy to teach uh, yeah. their, uh, the best way to put bricks on the wall and I'm not going to tell my people. I, the only I, thing that I may say, if you let me add one thing, the most important thing is to be credible. And with this hybrid thing, we have to be credible because we cannot forget that we are speaking to fans now that they know a bit, but to the average spectator, you see Tanak retired for a hybrid kit problem. Rally is a marketing tool 
people do not know that the hybrid is a common kit, the right. average spectator could say, oh, so the hybrid things of Hyundai doesn't work because they have retired to like this. And now most of the cars are sold with hybrid uh, system in the car. So the message that uh, superficially can pass through, but it's what normally happens 95% of the time, trust me, to the average spectator is that uh, the Hyundai retired for an hybrid problem. And it's not a good message around because uh, uh, now we all decided that hybrid was needed to justify manufacturer's involvement in rally because if not the car were not up to the road car level and we cannot have uh, some problem like this because it's just uh, backfired what has been uh, decided to do and on top of this in my opinion we have to emphasize more emphasize more the use of uh, e-motor during the road sections and make show of it in Monte Carlo and Sweden has been a bit ridiculous the way they use it uh, isn't it because mm -hmm. uh, or we go in one direction or we don't go in one direction and if we go in one direction we have to go on it and this is not a Monday morning uh, comments this is a, a, a statement that I permit myself to do because I know the money that is uh, there and uh, if we cannot manage it we have to to, to find a way too because if not, uh, we are just uh, ridiculous, and the spectators uh, are not stupid. My concern, uh, my concern there, though, Andrea, is that we do have to manage it, we do have to develop it, but we can't. There is no infrastructure now between here and Croatia. Compact Dynamics, the the supplier of the of the e motors and all of the hybrid units, they don't have any facility to test. They don't have a car. They don't have anything. Uh, they can simulate. We can all simulate. But what we need is a car running uh, to, to iron out these issues. Um, and the, there isn't the, the, the chance to do that. So it, it is a concern. I'm sure, you know, we'll have logged a huge amount of data over the last three days. But when we get to Croatia, we need more certainty that we're not going to have these issues. Because, you know, Cole, that, that's the difference in bringing somebody like Andrea on board. You, you understand, Andrea, that, that as a punter in the street, on a Monday morning, I'm going to go and look at that Hyundai garage now and think, oh, no, I'm not going to buy that one because that failed um, yeah. on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's you know, something that's really easy to forget when you're so uh, caught up in the emotions mm. of the sport. You know, what is the reason we're doing this? We're doing this to sell cars, you know? Yeah. Um, we're doing this so man motor manufacturers should, can showcase their excellence, their brands, their ability. And, and, you know, there is no better place. There is no better place to demonstrate how rough, uh, sorry, how tough, how capable uh, your cars are than the World Rally Championship. And, and, and it's a really good point. You know, marketing is central to how, uh, you know, to the, to the health of the World Rally Championship. And negative marketing is, uh, you know, as I well know, I, I was in marketing for many years. Um, negative marketing for brands, for premium brands, is an absolute no-no. Um, yeah. And it can be very, very destructive, very destructive indeed. So, um, listen, they might not have time to actually physically do anything with those units, but they've got time, David, the FIA, to consider how to best manage these issues. That, for me, is, is the op opportunity that's here. How to manage these situations. We've had some real-time situations that have developed mm. during Monte, during Sweden, that the response has been questionable. So the FIA need to sit down 
and they need to just work through scenarios and they need to come up with more practical and fair ways. I, I loved the, or the, 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 the um, yeah, you know, I loved Andrea's situation, what's supposed to work, not anecdote, but the way that he, uh, he put the, the situation. You know, you cannot compare a retirement because of a hybrid unit to a driver error or a parts failure on the car. You know, yeah, you an actual parts. You can't, they, can't, they can't be treated the same. They cannot be treated the not same. Not when it's, it's a centrally supplied right. unit. And, and, yeah, you know, no, it's absolutely. An, but equally, it, it, Carl, that, you know, that needs to be very clearly defined, and I'm sure it is, because, you know, they get given these parts, the electric motors, and, but then the, the transfer of the electric power into the transmission, that is free, I think. Uh, that's, that's designed and that by, by the manufacturers individually. So, but yeah, fundamentally, yeah. we need an overhaul Works of this situation. We simply cannot go to Croatia. Uh, and have another scenario like Tanax. It's it's just Absolutely it's not. it's not fair. Yeah, but the nope, one important not. thing to do now is to avoid uh, between the manufacturer, Compact Dynamic, and FIA a reciprocal uh, finger pointing. It's uh, just yeah. uh, impossible to manage. That if I would be there, I would just try to sit everyone together and find a solution. Because at the end, you know, I'm much better than what people think. I'm not so bad. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think uh, everyone together, they have to to sit together and find a solution because uh, it's important that everyone understand that the boat on which they are seated is the same. Yeah. And it has to be a, a proper uh, battleship uh, boat, not a Titanic. There we go, Absolutely. Tom. <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that then. Um, and let's, let's, if you don't mind, Andrea, um, your thoughts on the Hyundai performance in Sweden. You know, it was clearly difficult in Monte Carlo. Oitanak said to us on the recce, we're six months behind the others in terms of our development. There were definitely signs of encouragement, particularly in Tanak's pace, uh, Solberg's early pace, and then in Nouvelle's results. Uh, that will give the team a boost. But, you know, I don't think we should get carried away, Andrea, because I think we're going to find that when we get to Croatia, back onto Tarmac, it could be difficult again for Hyundai. I don't know. There is a still time before Croatia, so I would not uh, buy the undertaken before that you have a, a died body. Um, we cannot forget, uh, and I stress before and I hope now people can believe me more, that uh, Hyundai got the green light to do the project much later than the other manufacturers. I have a clear in my mind, clear in my mind, a meeting during the um, Spanish Spain rally in 2019, gentlemen. 19. 19. 19. Where uh, I was there with Alain Penas and it was a meeting about uh, the 2022 hybrid cars. There, Toyota, Tom uh, and Chris uh, from M Sport uh, were asking questions and they are making points. That was uh, that were showing a much well ahead state of the project that uh, Hyundai had because we still had no green light to do it. So the job that uh, I cannot say no more my people because it's no more my people, but the people of Hyundai and have done uh, it's uh, it's incredible. And uh, some good people like Christian has been hired uh, very late because it was not possible to hire them before. So all the, the wheel for hybrid uh, started to roll much later than the other. And motorsport is not a sport where you can invent things overnight. Uh, 
especially in the case of a very complicated uh, thing as is uh, a current rally one car. So uh, Monte Carlo was uh, so bad that could not be real. Honestly, uh, I, I was feeling for my ex people because I knew it was not real what was going on because uh, uh, was not possible to have so many bad things together. The problem is that uh, they were working under so much pressure in so, in so tight uh, time frame and uh, they had uh, to reshuffle so many things uh, and uh, you cannot uh, uh, pretend people to do miracles. On top they have accidents before and the homologation procedure that is very complicated. Uh, they were running late so uh, Monte Carlo was uh, really a, a, a bad moment and normally I saw in my life that if something is going bad they will go worse, trust me. And it uh, was not real. Uh, Sweden, Sweden I think that uh, uh, Drivers have done an amazing job. Thierry has done an amazing rally and Doite did the same as long as he was uh, in the rally. Once the Thierry tied running in front, uh, he had no motivation to take risk and would be stupid because uh, once that you are in super rally, automatically your job is to go to the uh, power stage to grab points and to running through because in case that one of the car in front has a problem, you have to be the backup for the manufactured points. So that's it. Uh, clearly, you can see they are a bit uh, behind the others. I think that in this moment, uh, personally, uh, I don't want to get me, don't want to get taken wrong, but the, the best car is still the Puma. I think you can see from the performances there and uh, from what we saw in Monte Carlo. So I hope that they can uh, uh, get the results that they deserve with this car. Uh, mm. I think Hyundai in this moment is the third out of three, but for clear and evident reasons. That uh, is not a matter of what people may say of budget and this and that. But when you start much later than the others, uh, you are playing catch up, and uh, there is is there. Stop. No no discussions. Mercedes. Sorry if I make a parallel to Formula One, but we. When they changed the rules in Formula 1 in 2014, they were so dominant because they were working on the system for three years or something mm -hmm. like this, I've been told, while the others were there fighting for the championship. And they kept this dominance for so many years because during the season, during the championship, during all the stuff, you cannot really do the same rate of development that you can do in a different way. And that's it. So I'm sure Hyundai will catch up, but uh, give them the time, give uh, them the possibility, don't uh, treat them bad, because they are also young and uh, they found themselves a bit launched over the enemy lines and uh, they need to be respected. They need to let them brief and everyone has to let them work without the pressure that is needed, because there is needed, it's needed pressure, but uh, I hope uh, everyone can support them because they deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. I, no, we, 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 go on, David. Just, I think just to, 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 to round up a little bit there from, from what Andrea said, because there will be a huge number of, of our listeners uh, out there who will say, Andrea, you know, you are the man in charge of the development of this car uh, up until the point of delivery to Monte Carlo. And Andrea has answered those questions perfectly. You cannot, you know, and the rest of the teams are hitting, hitting the ground running. Uh, and, you know, 
Hyundai's clearly not even hitting the ground. They were still somewhere above the ground trying to find the budget to run this program. We now have a, a real understanding. So, you know, I think it, it's great that Andrea shared with us there exactly what, um, what's been at, at the heart of the problem. And you, you can't, you know, this is where, as you just said, Andrea, it's so difficult to continue the development of a car when you're in the middle of a season. Uh, you, yeah. You're playing catch up. And maybe it's no surprise then that the team that had uh, that were able to focus most effort, most resource on development because they weren't competitive is M Sport. You know, yeah, but they they they, they weren't they weren't competitive, Cole, because it was a stated aim through twenty twenty one, wasn't it? But that's my the, point. That's my point. Yeah. They, they, they could they could focus all of their or yeah. the majority of their resources on developing the car. But let's move on from Hyundai because I know that you boys are uh, you know up against it in terms of time. Let's have a quick talk about M Sport because as Andrea said you know we came away from Monte Carlo looked like the M Sport car was the best car there there's no reason to change that I actually asked Tom Fowler that question and he said yeah we've done the analytics real in-depth analysis not just splits not just stage times but real in-depth analysis of all the data that's available and it does look as if the M Sport car is is the best car right now Um, but you know Sweden showed maybe just a few weaknesses in the M Sport approach this season. You know, stage two, I think it was stage two, wasn't it, that um, Craig Breen went off and then more or less the weekend was over. A uh, little bit of a thin driver lineup, perhaps. They may they may suffer with that this year. It's it's not, you know, a few weaknesses. It's it's that one weakness that in in many ways Monte Carlo, you know, having Sebastian Loeb there, it papered over a crack, didn't it? Because you had this this great driver coming back and nobody really knew what to expect, but he delivered. And he delivered because he had a fantastic car and he's a fantastic driver with a wealth of experience in Monte Carlo. He's not there. Sweden Craig took a lot a lot of pressure on his shoulders. You know, he he had a very Swedish accident. Um, you know, the, those things we've seen drivers, you know, you look back to I think it was two thousand and one. Colin McRae and Richard Burns both in a snowbank, you know, very early in the event. These things can happen. The the issue that M Sport has is that when its number one driver has gone down, uh, there is no step up, go to number two that's there fighting for a victory on the rally. That's not to decry what Greensmith and, and Formo are doing. They're both developing drivers. We knew from the outset that M Sport had one clear team leader um, with a an absolute megastar popping in and out when when resource was was available. Uh, This is the issue that they've got. Uh, You saw Tanak had his problem with Hyundai. Thierry stepped forward. Elvin had his problem. Cali Rovampera won the rally. There there isn't a a sort of a joint team leader, if you like, at at M-Sport. I don't know. You would look at it from the outside and say it's something that they have to live with if they can get Loeb another four times this year then great. Uh, you know, they absolutely need to play to his strengths. His strengths are everywhere except for places like Estonia and Finland, perhaps. Uh, he needs to deliver big, big points for the, for the, for the team on those four occasions. Uh, otherwise, M Sport is going to struggle to fight for a championship. And that seems very, very harsh uh, on a team uh, and a manufacturer that's combined to produce what is the best car from, from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is, but you know, obviously, you know that that's a clear a clear issue with the drivers. Um, what about though the issues that they had, the technical issues over the course of the weekend? Should that concern us at all? Niggling issues for Gus Greensmith, a terminal issue for Adrian Formo, 
and you know, and a big issue clearly on Saturday evening for Craig Breen. Should we be concerned about that? Of of course you should. Of course, yeah. And those guys they'll they'll go back to to Cumbria, back to Dublin Hall, and look into it. Um, let's wait and see what they what they come up with. But of course they're concerned. You know the transmission mm. issue for for Gus on on Friday. Uh, you know it, you could say essentially that put him out of the running uh, when you've got a car that's not. Obviously he went to to the second gearbox which had a different. Uh, set up in terms of differentials and stuff, it didn't do what he wanted it to do. Um, so yeah, there is there's some issues. You know, we've we've waxed lyrical there, or I have about how they've got the best car, bloody blah, uh, but it it failed uh, at times, didn't it? So yeah, they've they've got work to do. But I think Tom Fowler has has done far more analysis, as you say, Colin, than than you or you or I could ever do. Um, and if they're afraid of that car, then that speaks volumes. Mm, it does, it does. Uh, Andre, I'm not going to ask you to comment on M Sport because, as I say, you're up against it with time. I want one one last um, thought from the two of you on Umeo and the stages. We saw, I think, yesterday on the first or second stage, we saw the highest average speed on a stage in something like 25 years. 140-odd uh, kilometres an hour as an average speed. Um, what did we think of Umeo? Do we think there was enough in those stages to justify it staying here for future rallies, Andrea? I was not there. You've been there. So a rally cannot be judged just by the stages. Uh, so let me say, if we put uh, different uh, lines uh, for what I was able to see from home, uh, from what I've seen from home, honestly, because I've been also in mountains, by the way, uh, I love the landscape, I love the stages uh, and I never heard uh, any bad comments from the drivers about the stages. So I would say we have seen much worse in, uh, in rallies in our life. The move in uh, Umea looks like has been the right one that the Swedish organizers uh, have done. So. I think that uh, as a really passionate uh, and uh, sometimes the passion overdrive me, uh, we need a Swedish rally and uh, if uh, there, uh, the, the solution is there, let's uh, keep it. Yeah, I'd agree. David, your thoughts? Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, I wasn't there, uh, so I'd, it'd be interesting to know, you know, one of the big pivotal things for rallies is how many spectators did they pull in? Was there enough? Uh, is there a big enough central population? Uh, I think, having said that, equally, you know, people will travel, uh, and that mm. looked like a great event. Perhaps were some of the roads just, uh, you know, a little bit too too fast, and not, I mean, not in terms of danger, but just in terms of challenge. Uh, mm. You know, even even you, Colin Clark, could get into a car and put it in top gear and, and hold your foot flat. Uh, no, I couldn't. Balls in, no, in I a couldn't. straight line. I couldn't. David, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> no, actually, you couldn't. What am I thinking of? <laughs> of course you couldn't. <laughs> no, there, there's, listen, we, we had a moment, David, I haven't told you about our moment. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. No. So we've got an XC90 and we were taking a look at stage two. And it was a beautiful stage. It went right up across the top of a hill very, very fast. The wind farm stage. Um, and we were coming down and it was lovely and, and I'm only doing 60, 70 kilometres an hour because you, you can't do much less than that on these straights. It was a fast left-hander and I didn't see the compression. Oh my goodness me, I thought we were, the back end kicked up, the front end was heading towards the left side of the stage. It landed, jerked right 
used all my skill, obviously, kept my foot in just and about rolled the same it into a point. <laughs> and rolled it into the snow. <laughs> Nobody scared me. It scared the hell out of me. And it was, I was only doing 70 kilometres an hour. I thought, how do these boys do it at nearly 200 kilometres an hour? Uh, listen, so my, my thoughts on Umeo, just, just, just very briefly. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Service park, hmm. Uh, you know, left a little bit to be desired. You know, maybe they want to find a new location if they can for the service park. The city mm. itself, fantastic. Twice the size of Karlstad, which surprised me. Beautiful city, lots of hotels. The stages, yeah, they'll evolve. You know, they'll find yeah. more stages with a bit more character. Uh, but the conditions were great. Spectators, not enough, but, you know, they can work on that. It's only a ferry ride from Finland. You know, it's a ferry direct from Finland into Umeå, and there's plenty of good connections airwise. There will be more spectators, and particularly local spectators, as the locals get into the rally a bit more. I thought it was a very, very encouraging first rally here, and you know we have to congratulate Glenn Olsen and his mm-hmm. team for, for, for pulling it off, because they worked very, very hard to do that. Uh, boys, and in particular, David, it's always good to talk to you, but what a privilege, what a privilege to have you with us this morning, Andrea. Um, no, your thoughts, too kind, you're, too kind. No, honestly, you're, you're, it's your a difficult position, mine, because I'm still too fresh, and uh, you know I have been in the other on the other side, and when you are on this side, uh, I always don't want to find myself as the finger pointing, no, but. Well, I tell you what, you've you've uh, you've absolutely nailed it this morning. I don't think there was any finger pointing, but there was some wonderful insight. Uh, and that is exactly what we wanted. Uh, Andrea, thank you very much for your time today. David, as always, thank you for your time. Gents, uh, fingers crossed we can reconvene. Andrea, are you up for another podcast at some point, maybe in the future? Why not? Uh, the day that there are not uh, road, road building, road construction, and uh, I have, uh, <laughs> I let uh, the workers uh, work alone without my over di- overseeing direction, uh, <laughs> or they try, to, they they will thrust me stones uh, to move me away because I put pressure to them as well, you know. I I think he's a very welcome addition, Cole. Oh, he absolutely always is very welcome. Uh, Boys, and in particular, Andrea, thank you very much. Listen, folks, back at home, I'm sure you've enjoyed this. I have loved this last hour. It's been wonderful listening to David and Andrea. Uh, if you've got any comments, uh, at Dirtfish Rally on Twitter, or you know, if you're listening to this through our website, there's a, an option to leave some comments on the webpage just at the bottom. Scroll down there and leave some comments there. And don't forget, folks, that March is Women in Motorsport Month on dirtfish.com and we have some wonderful content lined up for you the website is being guest edited by Michel Mouton would you believe and there's uh, there's a lot to come from Michel this month so folks uh, Andrea thank you very much thank you to you thank you for your passion and in the end uh, you have been able uh, to make a question that uh, you <laughs> put me in the corner and I was not able to say yes or no. <laughs> we knew oh, it was coming. Geez, I'll <laughs> live off that. I'll, I'll go and have a beer to that this evening. I really will. David, thank you for your time as always. Thank you, Cole. Thank you very much. Great job and as well. Fabulous job to you and the, the superlative Elliot Barnard, uh, our brilliant oh. cameraman. Done a fantastic yeah. job. Thank you to the pair it- of you. It's been a busy week in Sweden, but it's been an awful lot of fun as it always is. As Andrea keeps saying, we are privileged to work in the environment that we do work in. Folks, thank you once again for listening to a very, very special edition of Spin the Rally Podcast.